Welcome to the Strong Like Mum podcast. Yay! This podcast is sponsored by Pregnacare. Pregnacare vitamin and mineral supplements provide advanced nutritional support for every stage of pregnancy, before, during and after. They include vitamin D and the exact levels of folic acid as recommended by the UK Department of Health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Strong Like Mum podcast. Today I am joined by Adam, also known on social media as At Dad's Table. As well as hosting a mouth-watering Instagram account of delicious recipes, Adam is founder of the At Dad's Table Cookery School, launching early next year and is also a father of two. As a chef, Adam trained at the Leith School of Food and Wine in London and specialises in pre- and postnatal recipes. Today, we're discussing the importance of nutrition during and after pregnancy, highlighting the best foods to help boost a positive pregnancy journey and assist in efficient recovery postpartum. Hi, Adam. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, uh, thank you for inviting me. Good to be here. Um, that's a bit of a mouthful. I had to like stumble over my words at Adult <laughs> Cookery School. <laughs> uh, it doesn't come out well. And I didn't think through the whole at, at dad's table as well. <laughs> at, I, I need to back to the, back to the board for that one. <laughs> Revisit that. Yeah. Um, just before we get into talking all about the nutrition, can you just talk us through what inspired you to set up at dad's table? What, what I really love is that you're the dad talking about pregnancy and health and that is quite rare to find so it's really great to see you taking such an interest in this uh time which is really important for many women and many families what inspired you to set up at dad's table so um i i trained at, at leith's cookery school um about three years ago and um for those of you who don't know leith's is a really um prestigious cookery school but to train as a chef you've always had to you know, quit your job and devote a year of your life to training there every day. And it was something that, you know, I had a, a good office job and, and everything. It was something that I never really wanted to do. Um, however, a few years ago, they launched kind of a, a night school version. Uh, mm. And because I'd always wanted to have that qualification, because I'm a, such a foodie, uh, I jumped at the chance, um, studied there for about six months, um, and then never really wanted to be kind of a, a chef in the kitchen because, um, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. I thought you'd have to start at the bottom and, and, and wasn't really quite sure what to do with the qualification. Um, and then around that time, um, my wife got pregnant for the first time and I was really looking forward to, um, you know, I, I cook, you know, love cooking anyway, but I was looking forward to finding out what she should be eating and making really nice, tasty food for her that would also nourish baby and, and, and all that stuff. Um, but then when I started doing research, I, I basically found that there was really no guidance that, you know, there's all these forums full of stuff saying, you know, don't eat shark, don't eat marlin, don't eat brie, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to die, um, which, which wasn't really that realistic, but there was nothing kind of saying, this is what you should be doing beyond, you know, eat more greens or, you know, eat a bag of lettuce or whatever. And so, um, I just basically started researching, um, what kind of the body needs during each trimester and constructing recipes around that. Um, so my ethos was, you know, in your first trimester, you're told to eat lots more folate, for example. Um, I, I don't know about most people, but I hadn't really heard of folate before my wife got pregnant. Mm -hmm. So um, what if you never heard of it before? What if, um, you know, you, you want to eat loads of spinach, but you don't know how to incorporate it into recipes or all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I just started um, creating recipes for her um, and posting them on Instagram. Um, and crucially kind of working out how um, how your body changes throughout the three trimesters um, and what you should be eating differently throughout the, each trimester. Um, and it's, it's kind of gone from then, really. Um, and then since then, 
since my son was born, obviously, I, I've um, had a bit of a focus on weaning um, and now family food. He's a toddler. Um, and we had a second child um, in February this year. So it was quite interesting kind of going through um, that pregnancy for the second time when you already have a toddler running around and, and things <laughs> are more intense. <laughs> Definitely more intense. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so let's start with prenatal and then we'll move on to postnatal. What yeah. are some of the most common ingredients in your prenatal recipes? So um, I, I think that there's a crucial difference between um, first trimester and, and, and second and third trimester. And, and one thing I, I, I want to make clear as well is that, you know, I, I, I'm coming to this not with a, a nutrition background. I'm coming to this as a, as a chef background and, and, and as a guy that, you know, really wants my, my, my wife and family to, to eat better. And, and the, different, um, the distinction is that in the first trimester, <clears throat> you're very much creating a life. And in the second and third trimesters, you're growing life. And there's different kind of foods you need for that. And there's different things that, that um, are important at that stage. So, um, for example, in, in the first trimester, you, you do have this craving um, towards anecdotally having lots of beige food. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you you know, you might have morning sickness. You might not want to eat many vegetables or whatever. Um, and that's basically because you are you're creating this life which takes so much energy that your body is craving carbs. Yeah. So quite often people beat themselves up and think, my God, I, I shouldn't be eating carbs. I shouldn't be doing this. Um, I, I remember just anecdotally my wife coming home in the first trimester. And, and also, it, you know, in the first trimester, you don't normally tell anyone you're pregnant. So yeah. you're doing all of this on your own. And she yeah. came home because she, she went out for lunch and she went to um, she went to a pizza restaurant and she ordered a pizza followed by garlic bread. Nothing wrong with that at all. But she came home so full of guilt that she wasn't eating healthily for her child that I, I thought it was so sad that, that people have to go through this <clears throat> so first trimester it, it's just about getting through you know there, there's nothing that you have to eat it, it, it's it's responding to to what your body is telling you to eat and if your body is telling you to eat carbs then then eat carbs um the thing that i would recommend is trying to swap out kind of white starchy carbs for more whole grain so we're talking about lots of whole grain bread as opposed to white bread, whole grain pasta, brown rice. You know, those are really easy switches to make. Yeah. Uh, sweet potatoes instead of normal potatoes um, and, and that sort of stuff. Um, when it comes to vegetables, if if you can eat vegetables and the thought of it doesn't turn your stomach, then then do. If you can't, um, but you still want to get some vegetables in, for example, um, you know, folate, which is quite important in the first trimester, and it's normally found in, you know, really dark green leaves such as kale and broccoli and spinach, for example. Yeah. Um, but there's different ways that you can basically start hiding vegetables, which is what I did. Um, <laughs> it so, sounds like what you have to do with your children when you have to hide the vegetables underneath the you know, pasta sauce you know what? or something. <laughs> Co yeah. C cooking second time round for my toddler and my pregnant wife, <laughs> it was basically the same thing, <laughs> which, which was quite interesting. Um, but but so, so with her... Um, I make a lot of homemade pesto. Pesto is such a good way of, of getting in greens and you just stir it into a load of, you know, cheesy, buttery pasta. Um, when it comes to making your own pesto, you know, any greens will do. It's really easy to make it with kale, to make it with spinach, um, basil, broccoli, all that sort of stuff. So you've got, um, and also I'd, I'd batch cook it and just put it in the freezer right. so that you could just stir it into some pasta. Um, you've also got um, making your own soups. You know, you, you can eat vegetables when they're blended up. Um, you can hide them in scrambled eggs, um, yeah. hide them in risotto. <laughs> um, if you're making some pasta, just put a handful of peas in there. So that, yeah. that's kind of all, all the subtle ways of, of hiding vegetables. But again, to stress, 
it's not kind of you must you must you must do this and and you're a bad person if you don't this is just if you feel like you're just wanting to eat carbs but you want to supplement that with a little bit of greens these are the tricks you can use to, to get a bit more in so uh women who are struggling with morning sickness because i i struggled quite badly with that and i i mean to be honest, this entire pregnancy, the smell of onions, I just can't. And I usually, you know, normally someone fries onions and you're like, mmm, that smells really nice. I'm literally like, someone on this street is frying onions <laughs> and it'll be like five doors down. And yeah. um, so for women who are struggling, what I'm hearing is you're saying, look, just eat whatever you can. I remember my GP saying that to me. She was like, just anything that you feel like just have that it doesn't matter if it's ice lollies it doesn't matter what it is just eat whatever you can yeah yeah i mean the whole you know things you can't eat in pregnancy basically you don't want to give yourself salmonella but you don't want to give yourself salmonella anyway so you know don't don't eat raw meat don't have sushi beyond you know don't have kind of raw blue cheese beyond that pretty much anything goes yeah. But just just understand that your pregnancy is very much divided into three. And that first trimester with with everything, not just food, you're just trying to get through it, really. Um, and, and the whole reason I, I started this and, and one of the ways that I am helping people is that this is this is a great way for partners to stay involved. You know, the, the whole pregnancy and, and actually, you know, the first few months, there's not much that we can do, you know, apart from just support the support our wife or support our partners. So taking over the food. Um, and realizing that that's how we can contribute is a great way of staying involved. So, so you mentioned morning sickness. I mean, my wife didn't have it that bad, but she, you know, she still didn't have a great first trimester. But as soon as she'd open her eyes in the morning, she'd, she'd want to eat a banana. So just little <laughs> things like making sure you've got enough bananas, making sure maybe there's one in the bedroom. So that if she wakes at five o'clock, she doesn't have to go into the kitchen on her own and get one so just all these little things it's all about responding to to, to what you need i'm gonna make um, my husband listen to this because i'm 34 <laughs> weeks pregnant and i am it's yet too late now, to... <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be like right we've got like four weeks to go let's, let's get some bananas going i'm like i need some food next to the bed um so that's amazing how do your recipes develop during the trimesters so um so second and third is again when when you're growing a life so things are a bit different you know that the second trimester um anecdotally it's it's called the honeymoon trimester because in theory morning sickness has passed in theory you're starting to feel a bit better you've probably told people um if you were going to have a holiday you might have booked one so it's a time when things do hopefully get get a bit more back to normal um and and that is a time um i mean both times with my wife it's coincided with kind of spring summer so there's lots of fresh vegetables and fruits coming into season it's really a time to to kind of get back to normal and if you enjoy if you have a healthy diet already kind of go back to that but it's a time to think right i'm just going to eat as much good stuff as i want um in terms of what your body actually needs um you know, you, you need your vitamins, you need your magnesium, your calcium, your protein, um, omega-3 fatty acids, all that sort of stuff. But it, it's all that it's everything that's kind of part of a healthy diet. So I'd say, you know, eat your lean meats, um, eat a couple of portions of fish, um, you know, mostly salmon, tuna and cod um, a couple of times a week. Um, lots of pulses, lots of grains. Keep on with the whole whole grain stuff that hopefully you would have started in, in the first trimester. Um, lots of cheeses, lots of yogurts. But but really, it was a. If you feel like you're coming out of the first trimester with a bit of a vegetable deficit, and you're feeling good, then trimester two is really the time to kind of make that up and, and just 
just enjoy that time really yeah um and then third trimester is you know as as you're in at the moment it's kind of you know get your game face on you know you're, you're starting to think about delivery and, and and life after so um so in terms of um in terms of the woman you know you're the, the growth takes on a whole new level so baby is growing pretty rapidly um which means you need carbs and you need protein so it, it's recommended that you have around two portions of protein a day um you know and and i think when we think of protein we, we sometimes we think of you think of a big chunk of chicken or something you know protein is <laughs> protein is in lots of things you know protein is in peas so um it's it's tofu it's cheese it's um you know halloumi and feta are brilliant cheeses they're quite low in calorie but they contain lots of protein um your pulses your grains again um but as um as i'm sure you're experiencing at the moment you know baby then starts taking up more space yeah and the first thing to get smaller is your stomach yeah so your stomach is shrinking but you need to eat but but sorry you're wanting to eat more because you're you're using up so much energy um so you, you tend to have maybe five or six smaller meals a day as opposed to three bigger ones um and that, that's something that's important to to embrace if, if that is how you're feeling and not I, I guess that's probably where the whole eating for two comes from because it's almost like there's this negativity around it but actually you need more regular food but you can't sit down and eat a big bowl of pasta like you did maybe in the second trimester um so so that's it you're 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 and I guess it, it's almost like you're um, it's like you're kind of getting ready for getting your winter body ready. You know, you're 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 beginning to carb load and everything because you're getting ready for those first few weeks. I love that. Like um, usually you hear get your bikini body ready for the summer and you're like, no, you've got to prepare all. for the winter body. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, so for people yeah. who aren't chefs and, you know, feel like I, I want to help, but I just um I'm a total beginner when it comes to cooking. What are some of the staple, easy starter recipes that you could recommend? So I, I think, um, you know, I, this also brings me on a little bit to, to batch cooking because as you get towards um, kind of the second half of, of the third trimester, as a partner, I really found that that was kind of my time, if you want, because I, I um, before we had kids, we'd speak to people who'd say, you know, those first two weeks of baby, you know, I, I couldn't even boil an egg, you know, I'm so tired or whatever. And you kind of think, how, how, how is that possible? But but you realise that it that it is actually true or to kind of to put it another way, you don't want to be spending time making nice food when you want to be either helping, sleeping or playing with your newborn baby. Yeah. So um, beginning to batch cook and, and batch cook foods tend to be, you know, quite easy to make because you're making them en masse. And you're just whacking them in the freezer. So um, I would make loads and loads of um, spaghetti bolognese, chili con carne, um, risottos, um, stir fries. You know, those are really, really easy things to... Risotto's not easy, though, is it? You've got to sort of stir... We only made one risotto once and we were like, that knackered us both out. Because we had to <laughs> stir and add a bit and stir a bit and, oh, and then it's sticking to the pan. Well, I, I don't... Um, I, I'm... I'm, I'm quite guilty sometimes of just pouring a load of water in and just leaving it for a bit um <gasps> so i i think i i i, I know don't tell anyone um but I, I, it still tastes the same to be honest um but i i guess that that's um that's kind of what i mean right that there's there's all this high-end stuff you can do but in reality when you just want to make you know i i, I call it cheesy rice to my son so that he eats it <laughs> um and and it, and it works so um yeah but, but also again these are great ways of, of um of hiding vegetables um so 
one thing that I've always tried to get across is that, you know, when, when you're training to be a chef, you're always taught about, you know, what's the extra 20% you can do? How can you either make it look beautiful or what are the little kind of crunches or, or different flavors or, or consistencies or textures you can do to really elevate the dish? My thinking is always, what's the extra 20% you can do to make it more nutritious, to make it better for you? So um, everyone can make a spaghetti bolognese, for example, but why not put some hummus on top of it? Why not put some guacamole on top of it? You know, it, it's all these different things where you're just adding to um, the nutritional value of each meal. I'm so um, confused. I'm like, wait, hummus hummus is for carrots, guacamole is for fajitas, and now I'm putting it on a bolognese. But yeah, okay, I'm with you. Hummus, hummus on chili con carne is amazing because um, it, it tastes all, takes all of the heat out, mm. but also it just it, it, it's really nice and creamy. So, it, you know, if you if you don't want to just put, you know, cream on it, put some yeah. hummus on it. Um, and, you know, for... I, I did a risotto last night and I stirred a load of rocket leaves into it. Ooh. And that it adds like a really nice pepper, nuttery, uh, nutty taste, but it's also really, mm. really good for you. So my, my advice to anyone who, if you think you can't cook for a start, you know, you, you probably can. Um, but, but, but also just think about what else can I do to maybe make this healthier? You know, if I'm just boiling some pasta, let's just chuck in some peas. If I'm making a salad, let's just chuck in some lentils anything you know my, my the philosophy is it's not going to make it worse right it's just going to make it healthier and better for you yeah amazing and as you said you know so often time is limited so this batch cooking definitely sounds like something i need to be thinking about in the next four yeah, weeks yeah because we've definitely. not actually been considering that and which is silly because we've we've done it for our children when they were babies batch cooking all these baby meals but I've never thought yeah. about doing it um for ourselves so that's definitely a good option so what um what kind of ingredients would you use for sleep deprived parents or anyone needing an energy boost? What would you recommend there? What's kind of is so, that smoothies or? Um, so I, I guess kind of the, the sleep deprivation is also um, coincides with kind of breastfeeding if, if people are choosing to breastfeed, um, and it's you need energy, you need you need carbs. You know the the phrase that really stuck in my head when I was researching this is um, breastfeeding mum is effectively running a marathon each day. So if someone is going to be running a marathon each day, what food do you need for them? So um, it, it's all about the batch cooking food that you're making. If you can get to the end of the day and you have a huge bowl of spaghetti bolognese wait, waiting for you, you know, that's that's going to, you know, you're going to feel happy about that. So, <laughs> um, again, it, it's kind of winter body ready, right? So think of that those first few weeks, few months as as you want easy to make kind of heavy nutritious warming comfortable food in the evenings and then during the day um it's it's not really true anymore but you know with, with when my first kid was born after two weeks I had to go back to work and you know I commuted into the city so I was quite often gone for, for breakfast and lunch um and you know my wife would have to do it herself so um I started kind of basically leaving this picnic trail around the house of, of food that she could eat because again you, you hear stories of people that you know are, are eating nutella out of the jar with their fingers because they can't put the baby down to make anything now it's important to stress if, if that's what you want to do do it but if you don't want to do that and you want to eat more nutritious more healthier energy rich foods then it's important for kind of for for the, the partners and, and and also the women to use time you have to make those stuff in advance so I would make um, every week, uh, every Sunday, 
um, I'd kind of make a packed lunch for my wife for the week that she could just go in and take. And it would be, it would be, I'd boil up six, six eggs. I'd get a pack of baby bell. I would fry up some chicken and cut it into strips and freeze half of it and leave the rest in the fridge. Um, I'd make pesto pasta. I'd make my own hummus. Um, all of these little things so that you can basically open the fridge door whilst holding a baby and go, bomb, 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 bomb. There's five things I'm going to take out and, and that's going to be my lunch. So dips and spreads I'm a huge fan of. Um, you know, we talked about pesto. We talked about um, hummus. You know, there, there's other ones like um, cannellini beans, um, chuck a load of spinach in, chuck a load of beetroot in. Um, pesto on toast is amazing. Um, chimichurri, if anyone, anyone makes their own chimichurri for steak, put it on some toast. Again, that's brilliant. And it's full of vegetables and full of green stuff. Um, and it's just... Um, just thinking about what what are those things that I can potentially eat one-handed whilst I am holding a baby um, that is going to make me feel good. But again, if you want to eat Nutella three times a day, do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, the, the food that I made for my wife during the day was drastically different to the food that she wanted at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And, you know, when it was hot chocolate, um, a baby bell and, and some chocolate. So in terms of energy, when you're yeah, I, as you say, you know, whether you're breastfeeding, but to be honest, if you're bottle feeding, you're up in the night, babies mm-hmm. get up all the time for whatever reasons, or you're uncomfortable, yeah. or you know, who knows. Or if you have other children, as you said, you found out recently, you know, it's, there's there can be a lot of drains on your energy. Mm-hmm. What what would be like some of the best, as you said, you're mentioning carbs. Are we also looking at um, getting green vegetables in it you know like the rocket in the risotto that's a great idea yeah so so i I think that that's where the extra you know 20 percent comes in that we were talking about before so um what what is the food that is really going to give you a lift and and for a start it's going to be as tempting as it is to you know get takeaways in um it's going to be food that you make yourself that doesn't contain um you know lots of that isn't out of a jar and doesn't contain lots of chemicals and preservatives that will just you know bring you down a few hours later that doesn't contain sugars so it's you know conscious of different people's cooking abilities it's basically make the food yourself you know uh, um going through lockdown you know when you couldn't get stuff on the shelves i I thought it was quite interesting that people are you know you're beginning to make your own tomato sauces your own pestos your own um baked beans or, or whatever so it's Anything that you make yourself is going to be miles better than anything out of a tin. Um, and then when it comes to energy, you know, you completely got it. You know, make, make, make smoothies. I used to, you know, go to work and leave out a smoothie for my wife to eat. Um, putting lots of different um, greens, um, frozen peas, keep talking about it, such a fan of. Um, <laughs> it's, but it, it's all those things, right, that, that give you that lift um, as much vegetables and fruits as you can um you you still want to be you know if you've made the switch to whole grain i'd advise never going back you know just keep on eating all of those whole grain carbs because they're the ones that are that that won't give you that initial spike but then lead you to crash a few hours later you know you you need that energy to i mean we're all doing what 18 hour shifts at the moment with with no break you need that energy to keep you going um so those with older children how important just stepping away from recipes for a moment how important is, is, you know, family dinner time or meals sitting all together and taking that time to eat all together? I, I think it's, um, I, I think it, it, you, you can't beat it. Um, I, we always try and eat together as much as we can. Um, I, I'm the first person to say that my toddler is what we would call a fussy eater. And he by no means eats everything that I make. 
and and also if you were to open my freezer i have just as much fish fingers and chicken nuggets as the next household you know there is nothing wrong with that um but 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 actually kind of going back a step um involving them with the food that you're making is is actually so much more important so especially during lockdown we're all you know our kids are around so much more we're all cooking with them they're seeing you know you do this you put it in the oven it comes out and it tastes good um so i think if, if you can kind of segue from let's help make this together and then you see where it comes out and then we all sit down and eat it uh, it, it's crucial um and I I tried to do that with um you know with my newborn as well um I I don't know what what you're planning but you know with with baby number one we couldn't put him down for three months um maybe we were inexperienced parents or maybe you know my wife had quite quite an intense labor that, that didn't go that well but we just for some reason we just could not put him down for three months he would just freak out continually so we were like we're just gonna hold you so not only were we kind of making food with one hand but my wife was at the dinner table but she she wasn't you know she was because she was trying to lean over and, and hold a baby and, and spoon food into her mouth and everything so we thought this time round, you know let's get those baby chairs where we can put them in already as a newborn and you know now all four of us sit down and eat as a, as a family and I think that baby number two is growing up a little bit more exposed to food than, than potentially baby number one was yeah 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 absolutely um so just to wrap up last question what have been some of your winning family recipes I mean you've talked about bolognese that's a winner in our house I know if I just want my kids to sit down and if I also want to be able to eat rather than having to be like, get that in your mouth, get that in your mouth, yep. spaghetti bolognese, everyone just sits and eats it. Everyone's yeah. happy. Yeah. What are some of the winning family recipes in your house? And and on the flip side, you know something's wrong when they don't eat spaghetti bolognese, right? Yeah, you're exactly. Like, oh, you're ill or there's something else. Um, so just, just on that note, I, I'd also advise everyone just to get themselves, you know, um, you can buy those big whiskey ice cube holders where you get those you know big blocks of ice basically okay i don't um, know but i'm going to or, look into that yeah so they make ba- perfect portions for for toddler food and baby food so whenever i make a spaghetti bolognese i'll then divide the leftovers into you know eight different portions whack it in the freezer and i've got you know ready-made portion sizes for um for toddlers um so yeah ap- apart from that um at, at the moment um we've been making a lot of homemade pizza um during lockdown which obviously always goes down really really well yeah um spaghetti bolognese um my, we used to go um to wagamama's quite a lot and and I, I don't know what you think but i think they have you know one of the best toddler um menus around so we do a lot of kind of make your own stuff where um i'll make a load of a big stir fry um and my son will just pick through the noodles as if it's spaghetti um, some will go in his, his, his mouth, some won't, but it's basically, you know, he's getting used to the, the different textures of different vegetables and, and some chicken on top. Um, so that's a real winner for us, um, yep. stir fries. Um, again, just, just pesto. I, I, I love, I, I know everyone make, you know, stirs pesto through some pasta for their kids, but if you're making your own, again, you're thinking, right, I know you're eating a whole handful of spinach with this food. Um, so that goes really well. Um, I, People can um, have a look on my Instagram, but I make a lot of um, veggie muffins, um, <clears throat> which are really, really good. 
uh, finger foods or if you're you know you're going out for the day you take one out of the freezer and they can eat it during uh, in the car but again you're, you're looking at you know you can put whatever however many vegetables and, and some cheese and some yogurt in there um, and it's all going to go really really well into a um, a nice muffin. I remember a friend once saying something about spinach and cheese muffins and I made them just once or twice when Rio was younger and as you said he loved it and it looked like a, it looked like a cupcake. So yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and so again, you know, I, I do every, every month I'll just make a big batch and chuck it in the freezer. So going back to, you know, when, when you're breastfeeding, whatever, if you can open the freezer and you just have this pick and mix, it just makes life so much easier. So finally, um, at the end of every episode, I ask everyone to share their strong light mum moment, which is mm-hmm. a time during pregnancy or parenting where you or someone you know overcame a struggle where you felt inspired by a family member or a friend. So obviously, you know, obviously you haven't been pregnant, but mm-hmm. um, whether it's your wife during during her pregnancy or her labour or whether it's something you've experienced as a parent, what would be your strong light mum, strong light dad moment? I, I think without a doubt it will be um, my wife over the last few months. Um, we um, we had quite a tricky um, delivery with our first son and with um, our second son, she absolutely rocked it. You know, it was her dream to always get into a pool and have a water birth and she didn't manage it for the first one, but with the second one she did and she had a wonderful delivery, um, which she found really, really inspiring, which I think was was quite amazing. And and off the back of that, um, baby number two had colic, um, which so we've had a mixture of colic and lockdown and a toddler around twenty four seven. It's just been really tough, but we've um, we've come out of that now. And I think that my wife is is still going, and and she you know she's grieving for the maternity leave that she didn't have because mm. of lockdown, but she's still doing that, and she's still being a wonderful mother for our two kids. So she's definitely my 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 strong like mum inspiration. Oh, amazing! It sounds um incredible to hear. As I said, you know, her husband being so supportive, and um, I know that having a support network, how important that's been to me during all my pregnancies and and in raising children. They say it takes a village, and it sounds like you guys are a great team. So, thank you for your time today, but also thank her thank for you. your time today because she's got two children that she's trying to manage at the moment. So, thank yes. you both so much <laughs> um, for for us being able to have you on the podcast. Cool. Thank you, Shakira. Thank you so much for your time. This podcast was sponsored by Pregnacare, expert nutritional care for pregnancy, with you every step of the way. To find out more visit www.pregnacare.com.